It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down, break it all down the stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Welcome into the bottom line, News Radio 610, KONA. Wednesday afternoon, 547-1610 is our phone number. You can also reach us via email, 610k18.com, the bottom line page, your name, where you're listening, what you'd like to say. We're on Twitter at bottom line 610, Facebook at the bottom line 610, and the free mobile app available through the Google Play and the Apple stores. Rob Francis and Dawson here. Where do we begin, Ed? How about at the beginning? Well, the beginning, it's just there's so many things at the beginning. It's like a, it's, it, it's like the Whatever the uh, whatever you call the machine that that spins the bingo balls around, we've got so many things in there. Where do we begin? So I would say we could start with the big news in the Republican Party at the national level. Yeah, which is Liz Cheney is out of her leadership position within the GOP. Not a huge surprise. Uh, kind of been priming this for a little bit. She survived one vote right after the uh, the incident at the Capitol. She survived that 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 attempt to vote her out barely. Yeah, but, but there she was survived. a there was a groundswell in her home state. And here's know. here's the thing with with Liz Cheney. To me, this is the bigger issue with Liz Cheney. It's not. There are people that have an issue with with the fact that she is anti-Trump. I, um, there there are people that have an issue with anti-Trump, um, but we'll dive a little bit more into Liz Cheney after we go to the phones. You're up. What's your name? Where you calling from? I'll make it quick. Inslee's an idiot. Thank you very much. Five four seven one six ten. If you would like to get involved. Um, Liz Cheney, there's a bigger issue here. And if you if you followed some of the things that have even happened after January 6th, if you look at some of the things that have occurred within the last calendar year, Liz Cheney is out of step with the Republican Party, or at least what many in the Republican Party view today as significant issues okay liz cheney is daddy's daughter yeah okay she is a globalist yes globalism globalism was never in if you're a conservative but it was practiced hw and w and dick cheney liz's daddy they were big fans of globalism yeah Liz Cheney somehow believes that Afghanistan poses a bigger threat to the United States than China. Most Republicans today believe China is a much bigger threat and that Afghanistan is Afghanistan. Afghanistan is not going to turn into a major economic leader anytime in four lifetimes. While, yes, there is an understanding that there are terrorist cells that operate in Afghanistan 
The bigger problem are the cells that are operating out of China, which is stealing intellectual property, using hackers, paying hackers to infiltrate different governments, different things, election processes. China's attacks are much more coordinated and much more dangerous than anything we're going to get out of Afghanistan. But Liz Cheney doesn't seem to buy that. She also doesn't seem to buy the fact that the GOP has become more of a working man's party than it's ever been before. She actually said after a conference a few months back that that was a neo-Marxist stance. What? What's Marxist about wanting to benefit people that go to work every day from 9 to 5? I don't get that part. So she is more out of step with the majority of things that many Republicans and conservatives stand for today than just opposing the former president. Now, there are things with the former president that I don't like. But there are many other things that I disagree with Liz Cheney on as far as the way she looks at certain things, and I absolutely despise globalism at its root. So, yeah, Liz losing her leadership position, yeah, everyone is going to talk about the Trump aspects of it, but really do a deeper dive. She really shouldn't have been in that leadership position going back a couple years. Fair enough, but I, I, I don't I don't think it's fair to gloss over the the Trump aspect of it. And 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 I will take that point and zoom out a little bit because there is a battle going on within the Republican Party sure. nationally. Do we we not me, but do Republicans uh still hitch their wagon to Trump, even though he's no longer the president. Is that still the party of Trump, or were they just going along with Trump because he was popular with the people uh, and uh, and the like? Did they really agree with what he did, or were they just kind of being fanboys about the, the situation? And it's an important question to ask especially now that he's no longer president, but he's still out there. He's still kind of a figure out there. Does Is he the leader of the Republican Party? If not, then who is? There are some Republicans that want to go back to the way things were pre-Trump, namely Liz Cheney, like you mentioned, kind of the old school, you know, W uh, and his dad and Dick Cheney, of course, way of thinking. They th- that way of thinking that as- that aspect of the Republican Party lasted for sixteen years. No, nah, a little bit more than that. Uh, that's actually that's the, the twenty eight years because you go back to when H W was elected in in eighty eight. So from eighty eight to twenty sixteen, you maybe and maybe slightly sh- south of twenty sixteen, maybe a little bit earlier than that, but somewhere in that range, twenty five to twenty eight years. Uh, globalism somehow became a part of the Republican Party. It was the only time globalism was a part of the Republican Party because they forced it in there. They made it that way. 
Uh, Ronald Reagan was not a globalist. Theodore Roosevelt was not a globalist. Dwight Eisenhower was not a globalist. Richard Nixon was not a globalist. William McKinley was not a globalist. And Abraham Lincoln sure the heck was not a globalist. That window was the was 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 when the poison of globalism seeped into the Republican Party, and the Republican Party was worse for it. I don't believe the Republican Party is the party of Trump, because if it's the party of Trump, then it's not the Republican Party. The Republican Party is the party of Lincoln. The day it's no longer the party of Lincoln is the day it's no longer the Republican Party. Donald Trump ran as a Republican, won as a Republican, very loudly brought back some of the philosophies that were strong during the Reagan years, which were patriotism, nationalism. Trump, borderline isolationism, not quite to that degree, but nationalism and patriotism were hallmarks of the Reagan. They were hallmarks of Nixon. They were hallmarks of Teddy Roosevelt. That has been more a part of the Republican Party than globalism ever has been and ever should be. But when you're not in power, which, let's see, two Bushes for 12 years, Obama and Clinton for 16, they weren't exactly in power the majority of that time anyway. Uh, Too busy on hawkish, insignificant conflicts, too busy trying to tell a good portion of the world how it should live its life, um, they initiated conflicts. They didn't react to conflicts. Um, that was the only time you had a Republican president that actually in- in- initiated and instigated a conflict was George H.W. Bush. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A. What's your name? Where are you calling from? This is Fred from Pasco. What's on your mind, Fred? So, um, listening to. Liz Cheney it reminds me of some of the things I notice about the Democrats a lot, and that is that they look backwards, um, always talking about the past, not looking forward on what we've got ahead of us. And as farmers, we know what happens when we look backwards at our rows. They get all crooked. And uh, that was just kind of the take I have listening to Liz, is that she's still reminiscing you know, it's a good take, Fred. That really is. I appreciate the call. It, it's a good perspective. I mean, you can you can respect where you came from. You can you can understand and incorporate the things that that got you there and made you great. But what George H. W. Bush and Dick Cheney did to the Republican Party was change it. They changed the direction of the party. They instituted a philosophy that was foreign and because they were the power construct at that time and had allies in that power construct they made globalism an underlying element in the republican party you notice they never talked about it publicly but they made it in an underlying tone and you could see it through their actions you're up on the bottom line news radio 610 k1a what's your name where are you calling from this is max from kennewick what's up max uh, Trump may not be in uh, office, but the issues he ran on are the issues that Republicans, at least the, the core, uh, care about. 
And in order for the Republicans to move forward and to win elections, they need to continue with his take on what's important. Uh, Trump made a big deal out of doing something about immigration. Something like 70 to 90 percent of people want something done about that problem, and Trump did something about it. Uh, now it's a mess since he's not there. His, his issues need to be the ones that Republicans hone in on and run on. Uh, low taxes, low government, bring manufacturing home, uh, get tough with China and Russia. That's what people think and care about. The old style republicanism is dead. The people that hate Trump aren't going to go anyplace. Uh, the Cheney, uh, Bush, uh, Romney, etc. group is out of step. They don't like Trump because he called them like they were. He said they lost elections because they weren't tough enough. And they don't like it. They hated him for it. But that's in the past, and we need to move on. And I don't know if Trump will run again, but Republicans are going nowhere if they don't focus in on the issues that he outlined and won an election on. That's what I got to say. Thanks. Thanks for the call, Max. Take a quick time out, come back and expound a little bit because part of what Max hit on, absolutely right. But if you go back and you look at the things that Donald Trump ran on, what were they? What were the things that he keyed on and he focused on that enabled him to beat the shoe-in who outspent him, didn't out-travel him, but certainly outspent him? What were the things that he keyed on? We'll talk about it when we get back. Give us your bottom line. Call 509-547-1610. Now, back to the show. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA, Winnemere Group 1, 72SoulTriCities.com. You're putting your home on the market. This is where you need to be. Contact the experienced realtors via their website, 72SoulTriCities.com. Don't leave offers on the table. Don't leave additional money on the table because many of the homes receiving multiple offers, receiving thousands of dollars or more than the asking price, don't be left out. Contact Windermere Group 1, 72soldtricities.com. Get your home in the program so people can start looking and making offers today. So one of the things that Max mentioned was about the things that President Trump ran on. What were the things that he ran on? He didn't run on things that made everybody happy, obviously. But what he did run on were things that appealed to the majority. The majority of people were able to identify with what President Trump was talking about, because he was talking about working class issues. He was talking about taxes. He was talking about not having money in your pocket. He was talking about energy independence. He was talking about relying on foreign countries. He was talking about the things that people have been talking about for years. Things that people have felt for years have not been adequately or accurately addressed In government, he talked about things that politicians didn't talk about. That's why he resonated with a large group of people, 
because he talked about the things they talk about at the water cooler. They talk about at the poker table. They talked about at family dinners. They talked about at the baseball game. He talked about things that mattered to them. It wasn't empty promises. It was relating situations and stories of things that hit the majority of the people that he was talking to. Again, not everybody, but the majority of the people that he spoke to. That's what got him elected. There were things that occurred during his election that quite honestly, personally, hated the Twitter stuff, most of it. Would have liked to have seen something a little bit different, appreciated the brashness and the boldness, but some of it we could have done without. Um, However, it is what it is. Truthfully, those messages are messages that resonate. But the question that everyone is asking is, do you need Donald Trump to be on the ticket to have a successful 2024 and I don't know that you do. Well, it obviously is going to depend on if there's a candidate out there that can maybe not mirror the man, but at least the policies. Um, I'll tell you a name that's uh, starting to gain some traction uh, that you're hearing more and more about uh, anywhere between uh, an a... VP spot if Trump runs again or trying to do it himself, and that's Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Oh, Richland, I agree that uh, Ron DeSantis seems like a good one. I think, uh, I don't think, like you're saying, I don't think that you have to have Trump on there to uh, to make a good go for it. I, I personally, I mean, I like the guy. I can't say that uh, I thought his tweets were wonderful or anything. I've got plenty of times where we could just shut up and deal with, you know, what I thought a president should. But he wasn't your typical president, which is, I think a lot of people enjoyed. And uh, like you're saying, I don't think you need to be. I think you just, like Ron DeSantis, I think would be a good one. He's made a pretty good name for himself with opening up and, and not taking any plaque. And, you know, he doesn't put up with a lot of crap like Trump did. He's not about that. He didn't call out the media. I think if, if you're going to run without Trump, you need to have someone like that, someone that speaks to the people like that. You know, like, I, I, I don't know, I guess he, he resonates well with me. And, you know, I'm, I'm a constitutionalist, Republican, conservative, whatever what you want to call me. But, uh, you know, I mean, he, he resonates well with me. Him and Matt Gates, I think, you know, they're both outspoken. They're both not afraid to, to put their face out there to get, you know, I guess the best way I can think to put it is maybe get dirty, in a sense, let the media jump all over them, call them all kinds of names, that stuff. I think that's the thing. I think that's how, if we don't have Trump, I think that's how we get a, another president, another Republican president in there, which was someone that, that, that's not afraid to, you know, that's brash, that's, that's open and honest and maybe a little harsh. I think the world's a better place for people like that anyway. So, like, I again, you know, I think that everybody's feelings being hurt and all that stuff. I think he probably should have been to work on the farm with me when I was a kid. We would have straightened you right out. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. And you, we could talk a little bit about Ron DeSantis, but... The specter of Donald Trump is going to loom large next year in the midterms. It's going to loom large in 2024. The question is, where is that specter positive 
and how can that specter cost the GOP what they expect to gain? Join the show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ed, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610 KONA. Bottom line, News Radio 610K with A547-1610. If you want to get involved, the state details, the Muscle Brothers solution. If you're downsizing, moving, and you've got items you don't want to take with you, if you've unfortunately lost a loved one and you have assets that need to be sold, contact the auction experts with Muscle Brothers and Estate Details. They'll get you top dollar for those items. You won't have to worry about doing anything other than turning it over to them. They'll catalog, they'll list, they'll run the auction, they'll cut you a check. It's no garage sales, no yard sales. You call them, they take care of business. 509 Auction or EstateDetails.com. Estate Details, a Musser Brothers solution. 547-1610 if you want to get involved. So here's where Donald Trump can be an asset. Because there is Donald Trump fatigue that exists. In the Republican Party, there are elements of the party that, let's face it, okay, we, we've had enough. When, when we, this is the one thing that Republicans have done better than Democrats over the years. When someone loses at a high level, they move on. There's not this continual specter. Ronald Reagan, when he was done, kind of moved to the side. George H.W. Bush moved to the side. W. moved to the side. There's, there's not a, there's not like a lingering thing that's there. John McCain was still a senator. Mitt Romney ran for Senate in Utah. Mitt Romney may be the outlying, outlying thing here, but usually, Republicans that have been president usually wind up serving in an aspect as a advisor, consultant, somebody that's there for an interview, but not somebody that's there that's necessarily leading the party. Trump's situation may be a little bit different. There is some fatigue that exists. At the same time, there is still a lot of energy surrounding him. He's got the opportunity to play kingmaker. And you can do that without being on the ticket, because I'll be honest with you. I do not want another 80-year-old running for president. We're not. It's not supposed to work that way. Ron DeSantis has been mentioned. DeSantis is much younger. He bridges that gap between those that are fans of the former president and those that may not be fans but still are looking for somebody who would be considered a solid conservative. DeSantis fits a good bill to bridge those aspects of the party. Donald Trump, with an endorsement of Ron DeSantis, hammers that home. How much of this hanging on to Trump, including by Trump himself, has anything to do with the questions about how the election went down? I'm sure there are some. I think there's a lot. Oh, no. I think I think a lot of people that uh, that are that are still Trump supporters wouldn't be as fervent if 
there was no question about the election integrity or at the end of two terms. There would have always been some that say, oh, yeah, he, he, we should, he should have a, a third term or whatever. But I think I think that most of the constituents would more easily move on if there wasn't a major question. I mean, the, the, they're... They're addressing those concerns right now in Arizona. Sure. There is, it looks like Michigan isn't far behind in, in doing a deep dive into their election integrity. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is, there are, there's a large chunk of Trump supporters out there who question the results of the election. And I think that it's, it's more than just Trump trying to, hang on to the good old days or it is. you know or to stroke his own ego and that he misses the limelight i think it's much more than that i think you know I, and i don't think that it's it's a case where you know well i just wish the old guy trump would just move on and get out of here it, i think it's uh, you know he had his turn and all that stuff there's plenty of people who think this should still be his turn uh so you know, whether or not that actually comes about or if any of that is ever truly proven, regardless of that. But that's where that's where the fracturedness of the party remains. And we talk about whether or not he's still uh, the face of the of the GOP. Well, yeah, but it's not just because people, you know, can't move on. It's because there's questions about the election. No, and and there are, and there are going to be. And the way it went down left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. And I'm not going to disagree with that in any way, shape, or form, because there are still questions that don't have answers, but there are things that are happening as a result. But here's the other part of that. And this is the part that doesn't get talked about. Donald Trump was such a different type of individual. He inspired a level of hatred among his opponents that is practically unrivaled. We have not seen that kind of venom against an individual holding public office. I can't remember another person that was vilified daily by the media, by Democrats, there was more of an of a of a concerted effort to remove him from office than I have ever seen at any other time. That won't be there in 2022 and 2024. How do you get Democrats to supposedly be as engaged as they were two years ago or last year when Donald Trump's name is not on the ballot. How do you keep that going? How do you turn around and explain to your base that the most evil human being that they call on the face of the planet isn't involved? How do you get that interest back? You don't. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Uh, John from Richland. Hi, John. Um, I, you know, it voting is, is, is a, you might say, kind of a, like a sacred right, right? I mean, it, it's a privilege and, and so on. So why not have, you know, a, a good, solid means of verification of who the voter is? 
whether or not you believe the election was stolen or not, I don't think it makes any difference. Your vote should count no matter what, even if it doesn't make a difference. For example, there was a, a mail carrier that they found, I think, over 700 pieces of mail in his trunk. Among those pieces were, were ballots. Now, those people's votes didn't count. I, I, I mean, that's maybe not has anything to do with uh, voter registration, but it still shows that votes are important. The people who vote are important. It's important to verify them. Whether or not the collection is stolen, I don't think it matters on that. But I do think what matters is that we have a solid means to verify who's voting. And that would be the end of it. That would mean that there, there wouldn't be any concern about voters' fraud, or less concern, I should say. Well, John, I, that's a great call. Thank you for your thoughts. And there's a segment of the population that will call you a racist for saying that. Because you're trying to disenfranchise a segment of the population because they don't believe that they can get an ID to vote or they can't get a driver's license, or they can't get a picture ID, there is a segment of our population that will believe that you, John, are touting and espousing racism for, th- for believing that people should have an ID or a way to prove that they are who they are when they vote. That's the biggest problem in all of that conversation, is that there are people that think being forced to prove that you are who you are is racist somehow. Five four seven one six ten five zero nine five four seven one six ten. If you'd like to email the show, you can do so by going to the website six ten kona dot com, the bottom line page, and send us your question or your comment. I have yet to find anyone though has been able to actually prove that to me that it is actually racist to ask somebody for an ID when they vote. I've yet to have anybody explain to me how that's the case, how it disenfranchises one race over another. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, it's Randy from Kanoek. Uh Hey, I'm going to disagree with you uh, a little bit on the uh, disenfranchised voters comment. The uh, black population does not believe that because they would be required to show an ID that they're disenfranchised. That's an insult to them. That you have people like uh, Chuck Schumerhorn saying they can't do it. It demeans them and suggests that they're not the same ability as the rest of us, which is not true. It's the, democ- it's the demagogues at the top of the Democratic Party. It is not the minority population that supports that. Not in any way, shape, or form. You're absolutely right. I can't. I've lost track of the amount of interviews I've seen of of men on the streets that have gone and asked that question in New York City and in other minority prevalent neighborhoods around the country, in Baltimore and other places, and have asked. So, do you think it's racist that they ask you to get an ID? What? I already have an ID. Do you think it's racist that there are politicians that think that you can't get an ID? Why can't I get an ID? I've got one right here. It's not about and, and this is this is the this is the, the the fundamental problem with this argument. It's not about the people that are citizens of the United States. It's about the people that aren't. 
Those are the people. It's about those that like to manipulate the system. Because, again, if you want a safe and secure election, everyone should be in agreement that you would have to show an ID to prove who you are. Unless you don't want a safe and secure election. And then you fight against the fact that somebody would have to show an ID to prove who they are. You can't game the system if you have to prove your identity. Speak your piece. Call 509-547-1610. More of The Bottom Line, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610 KONA. Bottom Line News Radio 610 KONA. Perfection Tire, four locations here in the Tri-Cities. First one opened on Columbia Center Boulevard 59 years ago, and they have been helping this community Ever since. They've got a huge selection of tires for every make and model that you can find on the roadways here in the Tri-Cities. They also do a lot more than tires. Plenty of services to keep your car running the way it should. Visit their website, perfectiontire.com, or stop by one of those four locations here in the Tri-Cities to serve you. See, the funny thing with politics is it's called public service. And I'm sure many people are snickering out there right now. Because if it seems that it is few and far between that you find someone who truly is dedicated to public service, um, you know, many times that's the that's that's the biggest indictment on elected officials is they're not in it to serve the public; they're in it to serve themselves. Um, and this. This would this is a situation that would give Donald Trump, depending on how he approaches this, the ability to claim that it's not about him. Because think about it. What is one of the biggest criticisms that was leveled against him over his four years and when he ran for office? His ego. His it was all about him. Everything was about him. If he steps to the side and he endorses candidates instead of trying to run again in 2024, if he puts out a statement that he is going to step to the side and let the, quote, next generation lead the country, makes him look a little more magnanimous, gives him the ability to again say that he is putting the best interests of the country and the party ahead of his own and is going to look to those to lead in the next generation. And Ron DeSantis, as I said, has been brought up. Ron DeSantis is a fine example of someone who fits the criteria that I think both sides of the Republican Party are looking for when it comes to a, an electable candidate at the national level for presidency. Um, Especially one coming from the state of Florida, which is huge for Republicans. Has there been a president from Florida? Mm. I don't think we have had a president from Florida. I think we've had someone run for president from Florida. Yeah. Didn't make it out of the primary. Jimmy Carter came close. Came close, but I don't think we haven't had a president from Florida yet. Um, 
Yeah, I don't. I, none come to mind. DeSantis could be the first. It would be huge for Republicans to keep that state. Um, you know, and, and 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 DeSantis is a guy that can turn the page and look in another direction, keep some of the things, but also. I, it's amazing the amount of flack he's getting, which tells you he's doing a good job. If the media is focusing on how he eats pizza, he's doing a good job, obviously. They're doing everything they possibly can to belittle him and tear him down in public. The real question comes in is how many other people are going to want to throw their name in the hat? There's rumors that Ted Cruz. There's rumors that Marco Rubio. There's rumors some of the names from 2016 are going to resurface. Don't know how viable that is, especially with where DeSantis seems to be sitting granted in 2021, but who knows? You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A. What's your name? Where are you calling from? What's on your mind? Hey, I'm wondering why you guys are even thinking about a candidate. If you describe something, you measure it. You use a standard to measure it. You use a ruler. If the Republican Party doesn't get off their duff and build a concise platform for the party which is the ruler to measure your candidates. It doesn't have to be a personality contest. It has to be who measures up to the platform. The platform is the guidance for the leadership of the party. So quit looking for a high school election candidate, a popularity thing, and work on the platform of the Republican Party, and people who can measure up will emerge. Well, thanks for the call, Leonard. I wish I could agree with you, but as we saw in the last election, that doesn't matter. Platforms doesn't matter because they didn't have a platform. They didn't run on anything. They ran against something. They More ran often against... than not, presidential elections are popularity contests. Yes, they are popularity contests. It's not the platform anymore. It hasn't been the platform since 20, 20, 20, 2008. Hope and change isn't a platform. No, I mean, even going back further than that, I mean, it all it all comes down to personality. Even if it's not the driving factor, it's certainly the tiebreaker. If you can't, if neither candidate jumps out at you on platform or what he or she says, then the likability is a big part of it. Hey, altruistically, you would like it to be about the platform, but Joe Biden didn't run on a platform. Yeah, he did. Orange man bad. Well, yeah, that was the platform. Orange man bad. I mean, he, he, he had one of the most novice politicians we've ever seen as his vice president who has done nothing since being apported the quote czar of the border. What you you have is right now is a mess. You have an absolute mess. You have inflation going up. You have Joe telling reporters, I shouldn't answer your questions, but I just can't resist. Another good one, Magoo. Speaking of the uh, border situation, that border czar, the Biden administration is now going to resume wall construction in the Grand uh, Rio Grande Valley.